This is the Truth Warrior Ministry Podcast with your host, Joshua Butts, and my brother, Isaac Butts. On this show, we would deliver a variety of concepts from biblical, atheism, conspiracies, politics, and worship. So without further ado, tune in, relax, or kick back, because we're trying to build some Truth Warriors. Let's get into it. Truth Warrior Ministry. See through the lies. See through the lies. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining in. I pray you had a chance to speak with the Lord today. If not, you're about to. All right, guys, we are going to finish this out. Um, we're going to finish 21, I mean, sorry, 20, 21, and 22 of Revelation. Okay, welcome back to the Revelation study. For those who are new, please go back to Revelation chapter 1, um, part 1 of this podcast and follow through all the way to this podcast so you will truly understand revelation in a way you probably never heard before and um it's always been there that's the thing but again if we don't read the word if we don't read this book for ourselves and let the holy spirit lead you in this book you will never truly understand you'll be confused trying to place this book in our standards and conceptions of our understanding in this day and age when this book is meant to be read in the spiritual um uh, also symbolic way, okay, from in synchronic and chronological order, okay, so this is important when you're reading Revelation, and I pray that you guys will understand that, um, especially um, spending time with me and my podcast, so that being said, we're going to recap 19, we see that the celebration in heavens with the, um, all the saints, are they're going to be saved and presented to Jesus as the bride, and they're given fine, white, clean linen, okay? We return back with Jesus when he breaks them skies on a second coming, okay? And um, we see the beast and the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire. First ones out. We see uh, angels make declarations to order all the birds of the air to prepare to feast on the flesh of all the unrighteous men and kings of the earth. When Jesus slays them with one word, okay, one word from his mouth, the sword of his mouth, he slays all of them, and the birds feast on their flesh. And now we're going to go into chapter 20, okay, the millennial reign. Let's get it. Oh, wait, got to open up a prayer. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your blessings, and I thank you for bringing us through this journey in fulfillment. And I just pray, God, that you allow the Holy Spirit to finish his work in us, dear Lord, and finish this work. And just keep him with us throughout this study so he can work through me in the words, God, that must be heard, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's start it. All right, verse 20. I mean, chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had no not and which had not worshipped the beast neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, for in their hands, are in their hands, I'm sorry, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, 
but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. The loosing of Satan. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and encompassed the camp of the saints, about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and, the, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. All right, guys, let's recap. Please have your Bibles open, okay, so we can, um, so you can follow along. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Okay, so, so John sees this angel come down with a great chain, all right, and a key, okay? In verse 2 it says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bowed him a thousand years. All right, guys, so now Satan is being bounded, right? He is being tied up with this chain. And he is being bound for a thousand years. Okay? Verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. All right, guys. question you guys are probably asking right now in your heads well if everyone's dead as far as the men because we found out the men died right all the unrighteous men died with the with jesus when they came to fight against uh jesus and his army so they all died the fowls ate their flesh so what nation is is the angel talking about that the devil can no longer deceive who who else is alive right because we are in heaven with jesus we came back the unrighteous is dead right so who, what other nations are there? Guys, remember, God has not dealt with the fallen angels and the demons yet. The fallen angels and the demons are still nations, still strong in, in their strongholds. That's Gog and Magog. We're going to learn about them more as we continue to read. That's the nations the devil will no longer be able to deceive, right? Because he deceived the angels in heaven, and he would have tried to continue to deceive them to continue to fight against the Lord. And he will have that chance. 
after the millennial reign. So that's the nations that are still out there, okay? Wicked demons and fallen angels. This is spiritual, guys. Remember this. All right. Um, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So listen, we know, okay, that judgment has to happen. For everyone, whether you did good or whether you did bad, okay? And we know that based off of 2 Corinthians uh, ver, uh, chapter 5, verse 10. And it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We see that judgment is giving unto them right which is who them are the souls of them right and it says and i saw thrones and they sat upon them who's they us right and judgment was given unto them and i saw the souls of them right that were beheaded for the witness of god and for the word of God, in which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, for in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay, they reigned and lived with Christ a thousand years. Judgment is going to be given to us, okay, for the good things we have done on this earth. This is a time that we are going to be before the judgment seat. Okay, and we are going to be judged for the good things that we've done. Crowns will be given. This is how you this is the time where I believe we get our crowns, the five crowns. Okay, so again, whatever those are, and whatever you've done on this earth, the good that you have done, you will be rewarded for it. All right. Uh and we're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. You guys gotta remember, okay, Jesus is prophesied to reign on this broken earth. Right, we know there's going to be a new heaven and new Jerusalem, but he is prophesied that he has to reign on this broken earth. Back in Isaiah and Ezekiel, okay, he has to reign on. It has prophecy must be fulfilled, which is why he is given this thousand years to reign on this broken earth. You guys understand that? So prophecy must still come to pass, and of course later we're going to get the new new Jerusalem and new heaven, right? New earth, new heaven. Okay, that, and he's going to continue to reign forever and ever there. All right? Um, verse 5, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Guys, we are the first resurrection. The saints are the first resurrection. Okay, way back when. All right, when we were raptured, when those were brought back from the graves, when the dead were dying and being sent straight to heaven. You guys remember that? That is the first resurrection. We are the first resurrection. Okay, verse six. 
Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, right? On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Listen to me, guys. If you're raptured, if you're brought back from the dead, if you die in the time of the Antichrist and don't get the mark of the beast and you're sent to heaven once you die, we are all going to be priests of the Lord and God, okay, of Christ. And we're going to reign with him a thousand years. We this, The second death will have no effect on us. The second death isn't for the saints. The second death is for those who are still dead in hell spiritually and on the earth physically. Those who just got eaten by the birds and everyone in all of time who never made it to hell, I mean, who never made it to heaven or who hasn't chose Lord or hasn't followed his way, okay? Their bodies, their physical bodies, whether it's decayed or whatever, 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 in the waters and the seas, doesn't matter. You got cremated, doesn't matter. Your, your physical body will be joined back up with your their spiritual body in hell, temporary hell. And they're going to be faced before the Lord and that judgment seat, which we're going to read about. Okay? Because remember, even those who got raptured, okay, we get a new glorified body because we're living in an eternal time. Eternity can't support this physical body. It has to support the glorified body. Eternity for the saints. The dead, their graves were open. Why were the graves open? Because the body, the physical decaying body, has to be joined back up with their spiritual spirit soul, which was in Abraham's bosom. And then when they connect, they become glorified. And then they have eternity. The same is with the unrighteous, right? They're in temporary hell right now. And soon will be. Okay, so their bodies, their fleshly bodies, their physical bodies, which is decaying and has died on this earth, will be raised again, given back to their soul in hell. And they're going to be before the Lord and given an eternal body to be sent into eternal lake of fire. Okay, our bodies are not forgotten about, guys. You understand this? Let's keep reading. Um... Verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. All right, guys, a thousand years is over. Okay, a thousand years is over. All right. And now Satan is out to go back and go out and try to deceive. Who is going to try to deceive? The fallen angels and the demons and Gog and Magog. Okay. Verse 8, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of demons, a lot of fallen angels, guys. Okay? And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So there's going to be a time where we're going to be chilling in there, okay, in the beloved city. Guys, the beloved city, I believe, is Jerusalem. I'm going to take you to Scripture to show you why. Even though Jerusalem was just destroyed by God in the fall of Babylon, we know this. But listen to the Scripture I'm going to bring you to, okay? But first off, you got to understand something, right? 
the fallen angels and demons, the devil's going to go out and deceive them, right? And we're going to be relaxing, chillaxing, enjoying, feasting with the Lord on his, on, in Jerusalem. And they're going to come and try to round and fight us again, right? And guess what's going to happen? God is going to stand up, God himself, because we're with Jesus. So God now is going to get off his throne and out of heaven, right? He's going to come, he's going to, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. What? Let me down take you to scripture. Okay. Okay, let's go to Ezekiel 38. All right. And we're going to start at the top. All right. And let's read it. Now, listen, Gog and Magog was an actual, an actual nation back in that time of Ezekiel. But remember, God's word is prophetic. It's omnipresent, meaning that he's seen the end, he's seen the beginning, he's seen the middle. Okay, what this Gog and Magog is talking about it literally happened, but it's also talking about this, this battle that's about to take place in verse 8 with Gog and Magog going against Jerusalem. Okay, let's listen. Verse 38 of Ezekiel, and it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog and the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tobol, and prophecy against them. Okay, now when it says chief prince, I believe it's talking about the wicked demon or fallen angels that control Gog and Magog. Because remember, even with Michael and Gabriel, when it says the chief of the prince of Persia beheld Gabriel and Michael had to come and help him. These are angel battles taking place, guys. Same thing here. God is telling Ezekiel to um, set his face against Gog and Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tobol. And prophecy against them. I believe he's talking directly to the fallen angels. Listen to this. And say, thus saith the Lord God. Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tobol. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws. And I will bring, for, bring thee forth. And all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor. Even a great company with bucklers and shields. All of them handling swords. Guys. If we, in our spiritual form, came back with Jesus on horses, right? Because remember, it says we came back with Jesus, right? And they and we had horses in verse 19, okay? And it says, verse 19, verse, I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 19, verse 14, it says, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. We know, we already figured out that fine, white and clean is us, guys. That's us, the saints. We have white horses. So what makes you think these spiritual demons and fallen angels don't have horses either? This is what the, this is God talking to them, right? Their army horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor. Even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, okay? Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, okay? Persia, Ethiopia, Libya. Prince of Persia, remember those? Prince of Ethiopia, these are spiritual beings. All of them with shields and a helmet. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tigerma, of the north quarters, and all of his bands, and many people with thee. Verse 7, be thou prepared, and prepare thy, for thyself thou, and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years, okay, remember that, in the latter years, latter years, in the last day, in those days, it's talking about the end of time, guys. Remember that. In those phases, our phrases. It says, in the latter years, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back 
from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Guys, what land is brought back from the sword and, and was always in waste? Okay, I believe that's talking about Babylon, that the Babylon Jesus just destroyed, Jerusalem. He's saying that once Jesus comes back and on his second coming, we're going to dwell in that Jerusalem, which was brought back from the sword that God used to destroy them, the plagues. Okay? Um, verse 9, thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. So remember, it says that Gog and Magog, the number is the sand of the sea in Revelation. And they're going to come up against us and compass us, compass us. Guys, this is the same parallel we're talking about right now in, in Ezekiel. Right? Ezekiel prophesied the end time. It's, the, it's paralleling. It's the same story. Verse 10, thus saith the Lord God, it shall come, it shall also come to pass, that at that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. Right? He's saying that pretty much y'all gonna think to literally, literally attack Jesus and his saints. Okay? Verse 11, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. And having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil and to take a prey to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited. Again, desolate places that are now inhabited. Jerusalem was desolated. Babylon was desolated. But now with Jesus return, we now inhabit Jerusalem because it's prophesied that Jesus must reign in Jerusalem as king, king of the, uh, from a throne from the line of David. This is prophecy in the thousand-year millennial reign. People, listen. Let the Holy Spirit move you. Hear what I'm saying. This is prophecy, okay? And it says, these demons and fallen angels think to spoil and to take prey, right? And to pit hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. Remember, in the, in the rapture, and as just all saints, we're from all different nations, guys. All of us are from all the nations who chose to believe in Jesus' blood. We're from everywhere, all nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Okay? We're going to have cattle. We're going to have goats. We're going to have all that in the, in the millennial reign. Why? Who knows? But they're still going to be there. We're going to have experienced these things. The animals are still going to be there. Okay? Uh, verse 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? All right. Now, again, this is now, remember, Gog and Magog, this was a real, um, real, this was a real nation. In the time of Ezekiel. Okay. So. These cattle and stuff. Yes. They're talking about. At that time. Jerusalem. Going after. And taking that cattle. But guys. The prophecy in this. Is talking about the time. Of the millennial reign. And afterwards. It's prophetic. Okay. 
You, God is omnipresent. He's seeing things from now and the future and from the past, man. Okay, a lot of people read this and say, well, no, he's just talking about that time. No, this also takes place in the future, which is now the loosing of Satan, the millennial reign. God is speaking to the spiritual leaders of Gog and Magog now, and he's also speaking to the actual physical flesh of that time in the time of Ezekiel. I hope you guys grasp this. Verse 15. I'm sorry, verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, thou shalt thou shalt thou know thou I'm sorry, shalt thou know not it? I'm sorry, shalt thou not know it? Well. Verse 15, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. Again, he's talking to them physically, but spiritually these angels of fallen demons are going to have an army, they're going to have horses, what so be it, okay? And it says, Verse 16, and thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. Now, this is going back latter days, the end of time, guys. Latter days, that's a phase speaking about the end of time, all right? The time of the millennial reign, okay? And, 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 and I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them. This is God literally saying, hey, thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time? Old time as in the time of Ezekiel speaking at that time. God is in the future speaking to Israel. He's Oh, I hope oh, this is so mine, but I pray you guys get this. This is Jesus. This is God speaking to God, right? He's saying, aren't you the one that I spoke to through my prophet Ezekiel back in the old days, which I prophesied shall come in many years that I will bring you against them in the future, in the millennial reign, after the millennial reign. You guys get this? Verse 18, and it shall come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. So God is saying, I will be angry. All right. Verse 19, for in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Wow. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all men and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. Mm -hmm. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands, 
and upon the many people that are with him, and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Guys, this is the in-depth description of what we read in Revelation 20, verse 8 through 9. You guys understand me? In verse 9, it just says that God, it just says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Well, Ezekiel 38, verse 20 is speaking of, and, and 22 and 21 is speaking about literally, literally hailstones and fire and brimstone and rains and blood of rain and all that's coming upon them. It's in-depth description of Revelation 20, verse 8 and 9. Verse 23, thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Guys, this is when God stands up himself off the throne and cast the wicked demons and fallen angels and burn them and devour them. That's the final of it all. And let's read what happens to Satan. Verse 10 of Revelation 20. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Forever and ever. Okay? Forever and ever. Woo. All right. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Okay? So now the great white throne... Right, and that sat upon it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. This is God on the throne. Great white throne. This is God, Jesus on the throne, and judgment is about to commence for the unrighteous. For the unrighteous. The righteous has already been judged. Now it's now it's time for the judgment for the unrighteous. Listen closely to this. Listen very closely to what this is about to happen. Okay. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Okay? Listen to this. Okay? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works listen to me guys okay why does the sea need the, the souls of the unrighteous are in a, the temporary hell okay so why does the sea have to give up the dead Who's in the sea? The physical bodies of the unrighteous is in the sea. Why does death have to give up the dead that's in death? Death as in the earth, the graves, right? Cremated, whatnot. Why does death have to give up? Because that's the physical aspect of the unrighteous dead. Why does hell have to give up the dead that is in them or in her? In hell, because that's the spiritual, that's where the soul of the spiritual unrighteous dwell, in the temporary holding spot of hell. So now, the physical bodies of the unrighteous from the sea and from the earth and from death 
is joined back up with the spiritual bodies in the temporary holy place of hell. They are met together. Now they are one in an eternal body. And what happens next? Let's read. Okay, and we see that, and it says, And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Okay, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Guys, listen to me. The second death, the white throne judgment is for the unrighteous. It's for the unrighteous. It is not for us. We've been judged in verse 20 in a millennial reign. We were judged. Now the unrighteous has to be judged. They are awoke, right? It says some are awake to everlasting life and some are woken up to everlasting um, death or, you know, and um, hell. Well, we were, the raptured people, when they were raptured, they were woken up into everlasting life, right? And then these unrighteous were woken up to everlasting hell and death. Okay? I pray you guys understand that. So now, the righteous is judged, the unrighteous is judged. What's left? The New Jerusalem, verse uh, chapter 21, guys. Be in chapter 21. Let's read it. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Okay? There was no more sea. All right, now why is there no more seas, guys? I believe that, truly speaking, it's for the fact that seas represent trouble. Seas represent tumultuous times. Seas is scary, honestly. Well, for me, it is. So seas are very, um, it just it, it symbolizes hardships. It symbolizes trouble. And that is not to be symbolized in heaven. That's why I believe there's no seas in heaven. Um, verse 2, and I, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So now New Jerusalem is coming from heaven, adorned like a bride. All right? Verse 3, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. And be their God. Okay? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6.16. And this is what it says. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wow, man. Wow. Is that is that not amazing? To be, to, for God to dwell among us and we among him. It's, it's amazing, man. It truly is. It truly is. All right. Let's keep reading. Verse four. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Okay, there's going to be no more death 
No more pain. Nothing. We're going to be free of it. He's going to wipe away our tears. That means we're still able to cry, guys, in heaven. But, he, but God is going to wipe away our tears. All right? Verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Guys, follow me to 2 Corinthians. Okay? Uh, verse 6, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the mountain of the water of life freely. I'm sorry, of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Guys, the fountain of the water of life. We could drink from it freely. Freely. Verse 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the ab abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Remember, the saints, we don't partake in the second death. All right, it has no power over us. We read that in uh, chapter 20, verse 6. The second death has no power over us. The second death is for the unrighteous. Verse 9 of 21. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Wow. So here Andrew takes John on the spirit again, and he shows him Jerusalem coming down, okay, from heaven again. But this time is going in depth. The first time he just seen the Holy Spirit, the, I mean, he just seen uh, Jerusalem coming down, adorned as a bride. This time where he's going to, he's being shown again in the spirit, the inside of Jerusalem. Okay, so he took... This angel took him now to show that same vision we saw in the beginning of chapter one. Now he's going in depth with it. All right. Um, verse 11, having the glory of God in her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates, 12 angels. And names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. So, guys, these nothing goes away. God, nothing. When God meant that the twelve tribes will be eternal, He meant that, which is why the names of the twelve tribes and is on the gates of New Jerusalem. All right. Uh, verse 13, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. So there's three gates on each side of this um, city. And he that talked with me had, I'm sorry, verse 14, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the 12 foundations of the walls were named after the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus promised that his, his apostles will never be forgotten. And they aren't. They are eternally 
and the foundations of the walls of New Jerusalem. Verse 13, And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. Twelve thousand furlongs, height, length, width, a perfect box, a perfect cube. Twelve thousand furlongs, high, long, and wide. Okay? And it's significant to me that it's twelve thousand. Because again, that number twelve signifies... A lot. Twelve apostles, twelve tribes. And then we go to verse 17 and it says, And he measured the wall thereof in a hundred and forty and four cubits. We know what twelve times twelve is, guys. It's 144. But it's significant to me that it's a hundred and forty-four cubits. According to the measure of a man that is of the angel. Because what else is 144, guys? The 144,000 elect. Right? God ain't forget about them either. They are literally, that number takes place as the volume of the city. 144,000. Right? Because it's 12,000 furlongs long, wide, and um, high. So again, it's, it's just beautiful poetry, man. It's beautiful how God numbered all this, this the, the new Jerusalem. Verse 18. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl. The ninth, a topaz. The tenth, a chrysophorosis. said that wrong, probably. The eleventh, a jacinth. The twelfth, an amethyst. Okay, so now the twelve foundations of the, of the walls, which represent the twelve uh, apostles of Jesus Christ, they are now covered in these beautiful stones. Verse 21, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it was, as it were transparent glass. Have you ever seen gold like transparent glass? Shiny, my little precious, right? Gold, transparent glass, man. Verse 22, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. He's our temple. He is our temple. Okay? He's our temple. He's our temple. They are our temple. There's no need for a temple. The only reason why the Israelites had a temple was because at that time, Jesus and God could not dwell among them. But now we can dwell among them. The temple is Jesus and God. There's no need for a temple. This was always the purpose of our creation when God created Adam and Eve. This was our purpose. And we're finally there. 
Um, verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Guys, no need for the sun. Jesus is our light. God is our light. There's no need for the sun. Verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. Mm. No night, guys, in, in, in heaven. No night in the city of Jerusalem. No night. There's no need for it. Verse 26. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. We shall move into that Jerusalem, man. In and out as we please. That beautiful city. Verse 27, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Meaning what, guys? This meaning that nothing unclean, nothing evil, nothing at all is going to break the plane of that city. It's nothing. Only the righteous, only the saints, only the priests, only... Good will break the plane, okay, of that holy, beloved city, New Jerusalem. All right, and now we're into chapter two, the last chapter of Revelation. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure, and um, I'm just glad that uh, I finished this with whatever listeners I have, you know, and I pray that this was truly a blessing. So let's go ahead and finish this. All right, let's finish this with love in our hearts and the Holy Spirit continuing to guide us all the way to the end. Let's do it, guys. Let's get it. Verse 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Guys, I can't even explain some of these visions. I try to imagine it, but it's just... It's too beautiful. You can't. It's one of those things you can't wait to see. But we know that this water is of life and it's clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Verse 2 In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Let me tell you guys something, man. Remember to the church of Philadelphia, he promised them that he will feed them the fruit of the tree of life in, Gen in, Re in Revelation 2, chapter 2, verse 7. All right. It, we're going to taste of the tree of life. That... Adam and Eve didn't have a chance to because God kicked them out of it. And trust me, if God didn't kick them out of that garden of, of the eat of, of the, excuse my language, my stuttering. If God did not kick them out of the garden of Eden, they would have probably ate from the tree of life and lived forever, as it says in Genesis. But guess what? 
That didn't happen. God kicked them out before you had a chance. But now, in the new heavens, new earth, the saints and the priests, the holy ones of God, we are allowed to eat from the fruit of the tree of life. And it yields its fruit every month. What? That is beautiful, man. Beautiful. All right, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Guys, there's no need for night. There's no need for a candle, nor the, the light of the sun, because God giveth us our light. He's given it to us. We have our own light that's going to lighten up our paths. That God is that is given through God, empowered by God in Jesus. All right. Verse 6, and he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Okay. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Guys, why am I so strict on Revelation? Because the people who refute and downgrade Revelation just to just being a story of the repeated history of the times of Daniel and Ezekiel, I I can't because they're pretty much saying that these events has already happened in the time of Daniel and Ezekiel and other prophets. I can't agree with that. Why? Because every sense of these words, the context of this, everything talks about a time that has not happened yet. Literally. The angel tells John, I will show you of things to come. John takes place after Daniel and Ezekiel. Guys, John is New Testament, which means the things that the angel is going to show him is things that are to come in the latter days. So I hold this book to strict scriptural doctrine. I read it as it's read. There symbolizes, there's, there's symbols in places, yes, and to those symbols, the scripture explains. But to the things that people can't explain, they like to say, well, just take it as it is. It's not really. No. There's importance of it. Importance to it. That's what we just read. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Again, John does not learn, right? He keeps falling and praying to these angels and worshiping, and, and the angels saying, Hey, stop. I'm your fellow servant, your brethren. Okay? Praise and worship God. Guys, it's going to be so tricky when the Antichrist comes because they're going to do what John is doing right now, right? John is so amazed at the works that this angel is showing him that he's falling and worshiping the works of the angel rather than the message, right? Just like people are going to fall for the Antichrist and the false prophet, 
They're going to fall for the works of the Antichrist and false prophet instead of following, staying true to God's word and Jesus' warnings and message against the Antichrist and false prophet. All right? You got to be vigilant. You have to be vigilant in those times that are coming, in these times that's, that's here. Verse 10, and he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. And what that basically means, guys, is people, for those who are rebellious, let them be rebellious, because rebellion is in them. It's in them. For those who are righteous and holy, let them be righteous and holy, for the Holy Spirit is in them. Everyone is not going to be saved. And that's the sad story of this. But they have a choice. And they choose rebellion and deceit and flesh and lust instead of choosing Jesus and the blood and Christ and, the, and God and the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work, shall, according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you. Again, I'll read it again. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. And the bright and morning star. Now Jesus is saying, listen, I have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. Okay? So, again, guys, let's um, remember that Jesus is speaking to John through the messaging of himself and of angels to show him the things that are taking place in the churches. And things that are shortly to come. And John is to send those letters to the churches. Which, by the way, were really actual churches. And us, in modern time, are reading the letters. And we should see ourselves and see the warnings that is given to the churches are also warnings to us. Okay? So we got to heed the same warnings. And the rewards of each and every church, all of those who overcome will get every one of those rewards. It's not just this reward to this church and that reward. No. If you overcome any one of the troubles that these churches face, the rewards of each and every one of these churches will be given unto you because we are all the saints and priests of Jesus Christ who have overcame. Verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whoso, whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If 
Any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Guys, that those two verses speak for themselves. Verse 20, he which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 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 Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. And I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit. For moving within us. And keeping us. And guiding us. And praying night and day, God, that you reveal this book to us, God. And I just pray that my listeners, if they have to re-listen and re-watch or re-read god let them do it to search and yearn for the truth the truth that only you can reveal to all your listeners dear lord so we pray and we thank you for your time with us during this this journey of revelation in the revelation study thank you for blessing me and giving me the power and the energy and the will to complete it i love you so much and i thank you for your grace and your mercy in jesus name i pray with all of my heart i love you jesus I love you, God. I love you, the Holy Spirit, all your angels. Bless me and my listeners and my loved ones. Bless all those who are in trouble. Bless all those who are in need. And bring yourself closer to them so that they can feel your warmth, dear Lord, as I have. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Be blessed. Hey guys, you just listened to an episode of Truth Warrior Ministries with your hosts, Isaac and Joshua Butts. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed. See you next time. Truth Warrior Ministries.